Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 13, Rolling Stone Magazine's 100 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. Chris McBrien here, along with Yancey Eaton, and this is Pop Goes Your World. Yancey, big show, as always. What's going on, brother? Well, Bon Iver dropped a new album that I purchased. It is fantastic. It's like an electric-y type of electric indie, like, folk fusion, and a lot of people are really pissed off about it because it's like a completely different sound, but I love it. And then uh, Bruno Mars just dropped a single today, 24 Karat Gold, or 24 Karat Magic, something like that. I've, I've watched a YouTube video today probably 10 times. It's it's going to be like the song of the year. It's the most intoxicating pop funk song I've ever heard in my entire life. So just a lot of really like interesting new music coming out that I'm, I'm really digging. Nice. nice. Well, I got to say, back on September the 21st of this year, there was a pretty big event in pop culture. Uh, it was my birthday. Uh, but in addition to that, Rolling, <laughs> Rolling Stone magazine released their list of the top 100 TV shows of all time. Uh, now, keep in mind, there was no like arbitrary sort of critiques involved. Like They didn't take into account ratings or critical favorites or anything. So what they did was they did a poll of TV sort of insiders, like actors mm-hmm. and directors and critics and writers, producers. I'm not 100% sure if they let guys like the best boy or the key grip in. On, I don't know. But uh, they allowed like people to put any shows they wanted to on their list and then the, the editors of the magazine then took the individual list and compiled like a master list of the top 100 TV shows of all time. And I think the best thing about doing lists of, of anything related to pop culture, um, as we know all too well around here, is that it usually sparks a lot of debate. You know, it gets people talking, and that's, that's exactly what we're going to do this week. So are you ready to get started? I am more than ready, Christopher. Let's go. Tina Fey, Bill Murray, Bill Hader, Gilda Radner, Andy Samberg, Eddie Murphy, Kristen Wiig, Dan Aykroyd, Fred Armisen, John Belushi. Okay, so Yancey is a subscriber to Rolling Stone magazine. And Yancey, you actually brought it to my attention that they did this list and then you suggested, hey, we should do this here on the show. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk a little bit about this list. And if, if anybody that's listening, if you want to find the list, you, you know, if it's already past the time when you can get it on the newsstand, you can just go to rollingstone.com. And it's available on there. It's the 100 greatest TV shows of all time. First thing I'd like to talk about, when we make lists, people always complain that we leave things off. You know what I mean? And and that's perfectly natural. You know what I mean? Like, who got snubbed? Why wasn't this person on your list? So let's mm-hmm. start with that. So what would you say would be some notable TV shows that were left off of Rolling Stone's list for you? Uh the, the omissions part was the hardest for me because you can look at a list of anything and you can obviously like you see the names in front of you. So it's it's easy to kind of say like, oh, this person needs to be moved up or, or you know, this show needs to be, you know, moved down and stuff. But to actually have to kind of like pull from like your own brain and like figure out what isn't there and what's supposed to be there was actually really, really difficult. That was like the longest part of, of like my show prep for this week. Um so I kind of went in like a bunch of different ways with this. You know, there are actual like scripted TV shows, there are sitcoms, there are reality TV shows, there are talk shows, there's all these different things. Um, but I made a real quick list and I'll just hit them off real quick. All of these I have seen with the exception of one, but I know that you're going to mention this. I'll save it for last. Um, King of the Hill, not on there. Mm. Cops. No cops. Oh, right. How do you not like have that. cops? That was Saturday cops Night is, Around the Eaton Household. Yes. Cops is like yeah. the greatest reality TV show ever. Like there is nothing more American to me than cops. 
Um, there was the uh, the Netflix special, the Black Mirror. I don't know if you ever seen it. It's like a it's set in like the very near future, but it kind of shows like how technology like takes like a, a hold of like our society and how things change. And it, it it talks about all kinds of things like you know just Big Brother watching you and surveillance and all kinds of stuff. It's it's crazy. Uh, there was no Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, and hmm. I'm not trying to be funny here. That's a fantastic show that sure still is. holds yep. up really really well. Um, there was no 60 Minutes. I don't know how that's possible. No 60 Minutes, no Andy Griffith show, and Nova on PBS. That literally has been on the air since 1974, and they didn't even make a mention of it. Not even an honorable mention. Not even in the you know 100th or 99th. Uh, to me, that's just egregious. I can't believe it. But the last one that I did want to say that was not in here, I've personally never seen it like we've talked about in the past, but I know you love it. No WKRP in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. Actually, you know what? I'm going to ask you to quickly give me your top five TV shows in just a bit, a bit later in the show. But okay. let, we'll just say that uh, one of my top five didn't make the Rolling Stones list either. We're going to get to wow. that shortly, but you, you just hit it on the head. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. I, I was a little surprised like you were to not see the Andy Griffith show on there. Um, the same goes for the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, I think it should have been. I didn't think yeah, it was, yeah. Now, now, of course, you know, they didn't make any mention of some of the luminaries that I love, like, you know, like Small Wonder, Hello, Larry, or even Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. So, but you know, <laughs> you know what? We should we should actually now that Bruce brings to mind, we should probably do an episode of the worst TV shows of all time. Remind me about that uh, later. Yes. That could be fun. We'll make sure and do that. Um, so, I guess to flip it around a bit. So, which TV shows then you think made the list, but maybe shouldn't have made the list in your opinion? Uh, this was much much easier for me. Okay, so first off, they had Survivor on there. It was towards the back of the list, but Survivor to me is the most unoriginal, unimaginative show that has ever existed. It is literally the same iteration, you know, season after season after season that they constantly build upon. It is not still in the air because it's good. It's still in the air because it has a niche and that and you know viewers like that one particular thing. They like that format. I don't think it's creative at all. Um, the Walking Dead. This is going to upset a lot of people because I know a lot of people like it, but you know, trying to think about how I feel about uh, The Walking Dead, I- I'm comparing it to baseball. In baseball, everybody loves right now, and we want to crown who's ever the man right now as like the greatest of all time. Everybody jumps on them, and we talk about them, do think pieces, and you know, we try to compare them like historically to like players who played in the past. But you have to detach yourself from your emotions and that's why there's always that you know that window of several years before you can actually elect somebody into the hall of fame you know what i mean like if we if if, if i retired tomorrow and i was beloved everybody would want me to be just be a shoe-in for the hall of fame everybody does this with with the walking dead it is not a good series it is poorly scripted it's poorly acted it's poorly cast uh the plot holes you know just the the lack of character development it is the most like unfulfilling unrewarding pointless show that just drags on mercifully i mean as it's progressed i mean amc has basically just destroyed this show and it's it's so high on this list that like i just i i I can't take it uh the lastly uh 24 i've only watched like four or five episodes of it and i know it has like a really loyal like passionate fan base but I'm sorry, Jack Bauer, that show is like the corniest thing I have ever seen. I am not a 24 fan. That is like, it's like cringeworthy to me how incredibly corny that is. Not a big Kiefer Sutherland fan at all. So wow. what, what what about you? What, what are some shows that you uh, stuck out that you're kind of like, you know what? Like this kind of like rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, for me, I noticed a couple. Key and Peel jumped out at me. Party Down, Broad City or three that just come to mind. I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, though. I think now and I and just as an aside, um, I did a guest spot with you uh, the other day on uh, our old uh, my old uh, podcast, Dear Mr. Fantasy, and the guys were talking about their favorite 
TV shows of all time, and we kind of broke into that conversation. We we're talking a bit about this show, and and the thing that kind of stuck out in my mind when those guys were talking, and then when I take a look at this list as well, I think there's a lot of recency bias that goes into lists like this. Uh, and I mean, yes. I represent Gen X on this show, so I almost feel like it's my job, you know, to sort of champion shows from the 70s and 80s. But there seems to me like there's just a, there's a lot of recency bias. And and I sort of agree with what you're saying and the comparisons you make toward, to baseball players is I think you need to be around for a couple years, um, you know, and have some longevity and really kind of hold the test of time somewhat before you can really make the list. But uh, for some of these newer shows, I was a little surprised that they kind of beat out shows like like I said earlier, like like Andy Griffith and Beverly Hillbillies. You tell me, you tell me, Key and Peel is a better show than the Beverly Hillbillies in the history right. of television. Right. Come on, I mean, you know what? Broad City is okay. So Broad City is what it is. It's actually not a bad show, but it's better than the Andy Griffith show. Really? Like, come yeah. on, I don't think so. That's so I for think, me. That's what I. That's what I would say. I think. I think one of the the issues with this magazine, and for the record, yes, I am a subscriber to it, but it's only because like my wife found like some free subscription on on Reddit or something like that. So it's not like I'm like a willing, you know, financial patron of the of the you know the the new the uh, magazine or whatever. But um, the thing about these lists, you got to understand, like you said, it does skew more towards like a recency bias thing, simply because like you know they're they're in it for clicks, as as you know, cheap as that sounds. All these lists and stuff like that, they're really, really easy to do SEO optimization on it. Uh, you know, if they're going to put in a whole bunch of shows that most of their audience has never heard of before, there is no, there's not going to be any traction there online. So obviously, like, it's advantageous for them to list shows that have literally only had two seasons and are still in the air. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think it, it's kind of just like a ploy by the Rolling Stone. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, one of the most just, you know, absolutely absurd things that I, I've ever seen somebody do was uh, they named, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, U2 came out with an album and they made it free for everybody on Apple. And they all of a sudden people woke up and it was in their iTunes library and they couldn't delete it. Right. It was just there. And, you know, not everybody likes U2, obviously. It was a corny, like kind of like stadium, like arena rock, but it was like really poorly done. Hella corny, awful music videos, everything like that. Rolling Stone made it their album of the year. And I was just like, from then on, I was like, okay, listen, I need to like proceed with caution with this. Like, it is entertainment. I understand that, but um, it's just a lot of it just seems kind of like clickbaity. Like, look at us. Like, what do we? What can we do? You know, from a from a journalistic standpoint to kind of get attention. And I feel like it, the list kind of skewed towards that. But well, I understand what you're saying, and you know, obviously, there's there's the big emphasis on SEO and things like that when when you do these sort of things, especially in the digital age, obviously. But if they're true to the process of what they're saying, which is that they pulled insiders and took their lists and compiled this list based on that, then hopefully it would be, a, you know, devoid of any, you know, sort of, you know, hanky-panky going on in terms of trying to, you know, SEO things up in any way. So, you know, hopefully they would speak true to that process and, and just be reflecting what's, you know, what what the TV insiders are listing as their top shows. But either way, I, I think even if you ask TV insiders to do their lists, you know, as they're saying that they did, there's recency bias, bias there. I think I think that's pretty obvious. So, mm-hmm. um, so every week we do a list. We, you know, not every week, but most weeks we we put together our list. So I'm going to ask you just quickly, you know, because we've already been talking for a bit here. So, what would your top five look like? So just give me your top five from five to one, just with a, maybe a brief explanation of, of each of them. Okay, so number five is Louis, the FX show with Louis C.K. Wow, um, it's fantastic. No, it's it's one of the most like mind bending shows it's I've phenomenal. ever seen. It's phenomenal. It is, I'm just it is I'm great. surprised it's five on your list though. That good? No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, The Simpsons. That goes without saying. It's just 
fantastic. It's been around forever. Uh, the Office, not the UK version. I've watched a couple episodes on Netflix, but I'm just in love with the American version. You know, it's well documented, my love for The Office. Uh, number two was The Late Show with David Letterman. Again, one of my personal favorites. And number one's Breaking Bad, which I, you know, it's not like a super esoteric pick or anything like that. I think a lot of people like, you know, echo my sentiments. And maybe that is recency by, you know, bias there. But it's just a, a phenomenal show. Incredibly well written, you know, just layers and layers of depth and Easter eggs and just how the characters gel together and stuff. So, I mean, it's easily my number one. Okay, so I'm going to start with a couple of notable mentions. Um, the Mary Tyler Moore show is absolutely iconic. I think every mm -hmm. single sitcom that followed it to this day has borrowed from it in one way or another. Um, and I think it's also, okay, so it's kind of tough to put a show near the top of any list that that only lasted one season and just 18 yes. episodes at that. But I think Freaks and Geeks is one of the top 10 TV shows of all time. It's that good. And if you don't, you know, if, if you're thinking like, what the heck are you, go back and watch it. And not just the fact that it was seminal and some of those actors have gone on to, you know, be, you know, really highly influential. A lot of those the, actors. Um, and Judd Apatow, yeah. obviously. And it's not even just that. Go back and watch the show. Watch the realism in the show. Watch the heart in the show. Watch the dialogue in the show. It's, it's just incredibly realistic. And it just, it doesn't feel stilted or scripted in any way. It is It is really, 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 really good. Um, Happy Days uh, was incredible. You know how much I love Fonzie. Um, mm. I do think there's been some really good stuff going on in recent years. Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, you mentioned. I also think The Sopranos was really groundbreaking. I think without it, there probably we wouldn't have seen this whole slew of cable shows that followed it, like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Like They probably never would have been made. And I think last, I would give a special shout-out to Cheers. Uh, Yancey, I know you started mm -hmm. watching it on Netflix, uh, so good yep. on you for that, man. Um, it would probably be number six on my list, so it just makes, missed the cut. Uh, it was one of the best sitcoms, like, ever. But So if I narrow it down to five, and and I'm telling you, man, it, that's a lot tougher to do than you think if, if, if you don't believe me just give it a try it's really really hard no i, I have i have yeah. an honorable mentions list of like sure. 12 yeah exactly <laughs> do you want to just mention a couple of quick ones or i mean just like obviously jeopardy that's not like a there's nothing clever about it i just enjoy it Chappelle's show if it had a longer run i think i could have you know kind of thrust it into my top five but it was just it was so short-lived i mean obviously everybody loves seinfeld and corny enough as this is, again, I'm going to go back to a kid's show. I mean, you're talking about someone that's been around for 40-plus years, Sesame Street. Literally. Yeah, I mean, think about how many Phenomenal. people have watched Sesame Street. You know, your your grandfather probably has seen Sesame Street. I have seen it. Your kids have seen it. Like, it, you know, it's it's just in the cultural ethos. You know I mean? It always will be, I feel like. And if you think, like, as Sesame Street is just, just, just for kids, I think you got to give it a better look. Like, really, if you see some of the things that Frank Oz does with Cookie Monster, this walking mm -hmm. id and the the characterizations that he does pretty genius like pretty outstanding yep. genius i love cookie Monster. he's one of my favorite characters of all time uh but my top five list uh, just to go quickly uh number five for me is lost i think um it's pretty much responsible for all the serialized shows that we have today it was really trippy you know incredible characters great acting amazing writing and i think it was just a, almost as creative a show as you can get yeah i know you like binge watching tv shows let me tell mm -hmm. you from 2004 to 2010 it waiting a week to get another fix of Lost was painful. Like, it was the epitome <laughs> yep. of musty tea. I couldn't wait till the following Wednesday. I think it's in the top five on my list anyway. Um, number four. Disappointing group, ending. Disappointing ending. I, I, I didn't mind the ending. I thought I thought the last show was good. So maybe we'll yeah. have to do a show on Lost and talk about that for sure. Um, 
So like you mentioned, I think um, The Simpsons, uh, when you take a show that's not just the longest running animated series in history, but the longest running running scripted series of all time, I think it has to make the list. It's obviously funny and rude, but it's timeless. And the thing for me with The Simpsons is underneath it all, it has a huge heart. It really, really does. And it, I was just going to say that. It, yeah. really, it really does. And it has a place in my heart, too. So there's, there's that. Uh, number three, um, again, this one might surprise a lot of people. We just touched base on it briefly. But if you know me well, you know I love WKRP in Cincinnati from 78 to 82. I think if you remember this show or you've only heard this show as just this, you know, this little comedy, I think you need to go back and rewatch it because there's a lot going on. It's really, really funny. It has some of the most memorable characters in the history of television. And, you know, I believe it's one of the best TV shows of all time. Uh, Number two, I think if you want to talk about a show that broke all the rules when it came to television, I think the discussion begins and ends with my number two, and that's MASH. Um, I love MASH. It was a comedy, but there's these scenes of, like, surgeons covered in blood. And they're usually cracking jokes while they're, you know, covered in blood. And it's, it's like, surrounded by the realities of war. And I think it had some of the, the sharpest dialogue ever written for the small screen. And don't forget, back in those days... You know, stuff like Game of Thrones didn't exist. TV was always considered to be a lesser medium than film mm-hmm. was. And yep. MASH always delivered like this high quality material. Like everybody loved it. Demographics didn't matter. And when you think about the final show of any series, 106 million viewers, still the most most watched scripted TV show of all time. So it was very yep. iconic. And number one for me was Seinfeld. I don't think there's ever been a show like it, at least not in my opinion. There will never be another show that comes close, um, especially now the way TV sort of shifted away from the sitcom in general. And in terms of its pop culture influence, it's pretty hard to match sort of the sign language, you know, that uh, it, it helped, you know, define an entire generation of TV viewers. So that's my top five anyway. So uh, uh, anyway, time now to have some fun with Yancey. Okay, Yancey, this week I'm going to quiz you. We love our trivia around here, so I'm going to throw some trivia questions at you uh, on television shows. Great sort of iconic television shows and see how much you know about them, okay? Uh, It's not going to be much, but I will give it my best. Oh, every week you always come through. Okay, so here we go. The Cosby Show, okay? You know, it ran from 84 to 92. Okay. What was the last name of the family who made up the main characters on the show? I I have no idea, Chris. You don't know? Really? You don't know? I've never seen it. Are you f-ing kidding me? No, you've I don't know. Ne- you've never seen The Cosby Show? Chris, I was four years old when it went off the air. But I've never seen but it. But everything now is available like streaming and on Netflix and on DVD series. Anyway. Yeah. The Huxtables. Yeah. The Hux- you don't know Rudy Huxtable, Claire Huxtable? Never would have Claire got Huxtable. that ever. Oh, my no. goodness. Okay, I'm going way back for you on this one. But this one I still think is going to be easy for you all in the family. You know, it's one of the most famous TV shows of all time, right? Widely regarded. It came at, uh, where is it? Number nine on Rolling Stone's list. So it's in their top ten. Can you at least name the lead character of that show? I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm you sorry. Can't. Archie Bunker. Oh, yeah. You've okay. heard of that As before. soon as you said that, I yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, so here's one. This one this should be easy for you. It's a movie star, okay? And this movie star began his acting career on TV. One of his first roles was Luke Brower, a homeless teenager that was taken in by the Seaver family on the 80s sitcom Growing Pains. Yancey, can you name this iconic actor? Is it George Clooney? No, no. Um, oh. I've got a sinking feeling about this one. A sinking feeling. Yeah, he's been nominated for an Oscar six times. Oh, man. Finally won an Oscar last year for being attacked by a bear. Oh, uh, Leo. 
Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's right. Yes, he started off uh, doing TV, little TV bit bit parts, and then he got uh, that role on Growing Pains. So, okay, so the show Friends, okay, widely considered to be one of the best sitcoms of all time, right? It's right from your era, Yancey. This should be this should be an easy one for you, right? Okay. Um, so it's obviously well known for lots of stuff, like great characters and great writing. It's also known for its catchy theme song. You obviously can name the theme song, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I'll be, I'll be there for you. I'll be there for you. Can you name the band that performed the song? It's not. Oh my god! They literally show it at the end of like mm-hmm. the opening intro. Um, it's not the replacements. They were named after a very famous Dutch painter from the 1600s, known for self-portraits. Oh, oh my gosh! The, um, the night. I know you're a cerebral guy. The Night Watch, the Storm on the Sea of Galilee. No. Yeah, as soon as you say this, I'm going to be so upset with myself, Chris, because I do know this. The Rembrandts. Uh, <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, so so I got a good one for you here, okay? This is this is an iconic TV show, okay? God, I didn't know that. That's it cool. ran from 64 to 67. I know it's old, but okay. you've totally heard of this show, okay? It featured such characters as Captain Jonas Grumby, Ginger Grant, Professor Roy Hinckley, Marianne Summers, and Thurston Howell III. Can you name the show? I can. It's Gilligan's Island. Yay! Congratulations. I got one. Can you sing any of the theme song? Um, I, I mean, I can hear it musically in my head. I don't think I can sing it. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Yes, you know it? This is the tale about castaways. They're here for a long, long time. They'll have to make the best of things. It's an uphill climb. Yes, you know what? You sound like uh... a. <laughs> so like join really us bad? here each week, my friend. You're sure to get a <laughs> smile for seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Isle. This I'm, is really bad. I'm just going to end, just gonna really end it on that one right there, anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. 